Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the work, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today and just thank you for coming to our midst and making it where no matter where we are that we're able to talk to you and that you're able to talk to us. Lord, also, I also just thank you for just being there no matter what and not having favorites among people and giving everybody what they need. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're happy to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Romans. And this morning, we're picking up where we left off in chapter 14, and we're going to read through verses 10 through 19. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, honey, honey. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Amen. 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 So this morning, as is our custom, I'm going to open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, if you have any questions, please ask them. That's how we learn and grow together. All right? So, who'd like to begin? Okay, I'll start in verse 10. All right, Charles says, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? The Lord was just really pointing out that second half of words, talking about showing contempt for your brother about because they may struggle in areas that you say are easy. And it just reminded me of a conversation that we had this week about how in the Bible I look at the children of Israel saying, oh, man, I would have seen that a mile away. Really, that's the same two miles that you've been here a thousand times. But then I see myself, Lord, that's not the same mountain. Look, it's different. But in truth, <laughs> the Lord's saying, no, that's the same mountain. And then so I 
tend to have a pious thinking of myself saying they just didn't do it right. They weren't looking. I could do this by myself and I just go right to it. But the Lord's pointing out is that in here we're pro- he's pointing out both pride of saying, okay, I can do this myself. You guys just didn't do it right. And he's pointing out the, I'd say, belittling of others making them feel dumb because they may not have gone or understood a situation. Hmm. Now, in your explanation, I enjoy that you would use the word pious. What are you really describing? I was proud of myself saying I could see all these things. So is it really piousness or is it self-righteousness? Mm-hmm. Self-righteousness. Okay. That changes the game, does it not? Yes. Okay. There's a big difference there, yes? Yes. That's what I mean by changes the whole game. When we accurately, in truth, realize what it is, right? Now we have new understanding. And with that new understanding, it's not to condemn, but it's so that we now can address an issue in our lives. And, And to use the... The Dean quote, we, we actually, would you mind repeating that there, brother, or just saying what it, your quote? I'm attributing it to you. Which, which one? There's many. <laughs> to I expose the... Oh, to expose the weak so they can be strengthened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, not to condemn, but to expose er, things that are an issue so they can be dealt with. So anything that doesn't reflect Christ in our life can be uprooted, right, dealt with, and replaced with truth. Amen. Amen. Okay. You have more to share there, sir? Uh, for this set of verses, no. Okay. I'd like to throw a little question in there. Please. Um, in in the similar in the vein we're in though, but um, you know, uh, fifteen. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. And um, <clears throat> again, um. Since you've told me we have listeners coming in from all, all over the world, absolutely, um, we have different cultures, and in our culture right now, specifically, there's a lot of um, what we call wokeness. <laughs> yes, and and, um, and my thoughts on wokeness are that if I believe it's true, you have to believe it with me, and if you don't, you're offensive to me, and you're harming me, and so. Just in this simple matter, what would you say to um, a vegan who is telling, you know, a Christian vegan who's saying uh, to another Christian, you shouldn't eat meat? And should I, should that mean that if, if a Christian vegan said that to me, that I should not eat meat because I could offend them? I mean, where, where do we draw the line on that? Or do we draw a line on that? Do we roll over to anything that causes offense? Hmm, oh, good question. All right, let Charles see you okay. chomping at the bit okay. over here. Okay. That was one of the things that's I was a good question to. there, brother. I just have to find it because it reminds me of a scripture inside the gospel where Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring division. Meaning that if somebody says that, by all means, I that I was going to explain that. I'm, okay. I'm going to finish explaining that. Meaning that we're not supposed to be going out just to f- cause fights and stuff, but if they ask you not to eat meat by all, in their home, by all means, respect the rules because that's what Jesus did. If they told him to do something, that's what he did. Like mom and dad say, in somebody's houses, they say, don't take out their shoes. Your shoes, they don't take them off. Or if they say, do take them off, they do. 
-hmm. So I'd say that what Paul is saying here is that being in love and respecting others, not trying to argue them down, saying, no, I can do this. It's my right. So he's saying to be both submissive and meek in the situation and be willing to listen to others and I'd say hear their perspective. And another thing that I wanted to bring up about that was because it says you're no longer walking in love, an example of that would be me and Promise are playing outside. We both want to play with the same toy, but I say, no, Promise, it's my toy. I get to play with it. And Promise says, but I'm the one who has to go outside. And then that starts an argument and stuff. Whereas I should have been the older one and said, okay, Promise, you can play with it or we can take turns playing with it. Mm -hmm. So that way we both can play with it. Mm -hmm. And by older, you mean demonstrating maturity? Yes. Not not just specific to age? I was talking about maturity. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that for all the listeners. Yeah, I, I like your example, but we're speaking specifically to offense and mm. specifically to our culture being, you know, this is um, 2022 now. Yes, it is. Sure we have to get is. that under control, right? So, um, you know, how do we approach um, a time, at least in America, where so many people claim offense? So, mm. in your example, Promise wasn't saying he's offended. He's just saying he wanted what he wanted. And you were mm. in the way of him getting what he wanted. And you... In grace and mercy, just extended him to have what he wanted first. Mm -hmm. But if somebody claims offense, if somebody says their action is offensive, what does that mean? If I'd say there's two things because Jesus, some things that he said offended the Pharisees and scribes because in Sadducees, it clearly states that they were offended by his teachings and stuff because it didn't correlate to what he was saying. But what Jesus said is don't go out purposely to cause offense to people. Like, Mr. Dean, you gave an example of, let's say somebody says they don't like eating pig and you're just munching on a piece of pork chop around their face just to be nasty, malicious. He's saying just when you're doing something, don't do it out of, okay, I know you don't like this, so I'm going to offend you. I'm going to do this purposefully. But if they ask you or if you feel the option of being offended to Say, no, Lord, that's okay. I'm not going to be offended by what they did. Because I have certain things that they may like not like that I do. But we're both going to get along in peace and harmony. Because mm -hmm. not everybody's the same. We don't have all the same likes or dislikes or have all the same practices. So I'd say there's a fine line between that. First, it comes up to the person not to be offended. Mm -hmm. And then it comes to the person not to purposely be offending others. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I think you're you're getting there, but there's still more to that question. I think I mm -hmm. think um, John and Kamisha both have something on that. Oh, I, I wanted to hear what you wanted, what you were, your thoughts well, were, Dean. <clears throat> I think I would. Let me try to rephrase the question differently. Let's let's make an assumption, and okay. we we hate making assumptions, but mm -hmm. for the sake of this example, mm -hmm. let's make an assumption that I can properly back up what they're saying from the Bible is wrong. Mm -hmm. And for them to impose a lifestyle on me that's contrary to the Bible, mm -hmm. where do we draw the line? I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think I think the answer lies in being guided by the Holy Spirit. 
because it's going to be different every time. Mm-hmm. And so we can't take here. We can't take one verse out of context to say that if somebody claims offense against me for anything that I'm doing, then I just stop doing it because it could offend them. That's not what this verse says. That's right. And so then it's what, what is the Holy Spirit sharing with me in the moment? It may mm-hmm. be that if I was eating some meat, then I just say, okay, well, I just, you know, whatever. I'll leave the packet away for now, or maybe I'll discard it. Mm-hmm. And I won't, I just, there's a time and place for it. But it may be the Holy Spirit saying, let's speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and brother or sister, I, I hear you, but I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit right now. And the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. telling me that, you know, you're okay to have that opinion. It's it's not consistent with what God's word is. I'd love for us to talk about that together. Mm-hmm. And why don't we try doing that? And why don't we try praying to see what the Holy Spirit shares with both of us? Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll both have an understanding instead of assuming one of us have the right answer. Amen. But I would challenge that there's no place in the Bible that says that you tell somebody else how to live their life. It is self-control, right? Not not other con- other people control. The gift, the fruit of the Spirit. One of them is self-control. That God wants us to um, display and partake in. Well, so. control in general is a whole problem in itself. Mm-hmm. Any desire for any control is a problem. And so therein <laughs> lies the the spirit that's behind the wokeness is that of control. Mm-hmm. The same spirit that um, Nimrod operated under. We, we see him at the Tower of Babel. He was the ensl- first enslaver of mankind, of humans the spirit of control. So that's not coming from the spirit of love and the spirit of God. And we know we are to resist, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from us. And as you said, in all things, we are to seek counsel and guidance from the Holy spirit because he's the one who will give us wisdom that our adversaries aren't able to resist. And we let him minister through us. So I think an important element of what you said, Dean, is that there's not a formula for this. You can't, take the scriptures, make a formula, discard the Holy Spirit, and then go try to live your life because uh, we miss God in that. And the Holy Spirit is alive. The word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's able to do what God sent it to do. So having our hearts awakened to that fact and not being in fear or in a sense of we don't need the influence of the Holy Spirit to direct and guide us will help us get through those tough situations. And your, your reference, LaCharles, to how Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, and it did offend them. Well, the truth of God's word is offensive to people that are on the wrong side of it, that have positioned themselves in opposition to the counsel of the Lord, but the truth of the will and the word of God. So everything Jesus did was sourced out of love. Mm -hmm. So when the Lord spoke to them, he was trying to get their attention and draw them back. But Jesus never spoke out of emotion. No, he didn't. Jesus never spoke by interpretation of the scripture. He is the scripture incarnate. So it was always God's word speaking. That's right. Not, I mean, because Jesus was the word, but for the sake of argument, it was was the word speaking. That's right. Yes. So as you point out, it wasn't so much that Jesus was offensive. It was God's word that was offensive to the Pharisees, and it was offensive because it exposed their sin. That's right. And they chose to be offended by it when they could have said, I'm sorry, God, I'm coming to you. He said he often beckoned to the people and said, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. So, um, oh, go ahead. So give some scripture, right, though? to amplify this discussion. Uh, the first one, 
Let's go to Luke 17 in the first five verses. Right, because even in the example, right, we're talking about wokeness and offenses and and all those things, right? What does it say? You want to read it? Or you got it? I got it. I got okay. it. Thank you, though. You're welcome. It says, then he, that's Jesus, said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then he should offend one of these little ones. Then he continued, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And then here we have the apostle's response. Hmm. So, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So let's, let's look at that. Two things. One, it first says that they're disciples. And then in verse 5, it says that they're apostles. Right? So, we should not be the ones that look to create offense. And that was kind of brought up with Christ, right? As the example, the pattern example. People were offended with what he said. But Why? Why were they offended? He spoke the truth in love. And how could he do that? Insight from the Holy Spirit. He said what he heard his father saying. Exactly, which you will see in John, the Holy Spirit. John 2, 23 through 25. Talks about Jesus being the discerner of hearts. It says, now he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. When we look at Christ and we look at his ministry, did he always address the question. No. The exact question that they asked. No. Absolutely not. What did he address? The condition of their heart. And? And the he, lie that they were speaking a lot of times. He got down to the core issue of what they were truly asking. And I think we, as believers, need to really get in tune with the Holy Spirit in that way. Right? Because there are many that are just seeking to combat the question or the ideology or whatever it is, right, that's being asked. And it becomes this game of whack-a-mole. Because mm -hmm. there's always another question that pops up. There's always something else to try to challenge the truth. Truth, which is Christ. And to His overturn word. the truth to, and replace exactly. it with a lie. Exactly. For deception. However, you see that same thing with Christ as our pattern example. But what did he do? He always addressed the core issue where everything else sprang from. Amen. He, and he could only do that because, yes, as you pointed out, Dean, he had insight from the Lord. He only said what the Father said. He only did what the Father did, which is a whole different level of, of walking, but it's, it's what we teach and encourage and admonish 
and exhort everyone to do here in this ministry. Well, it's what we aspire to do. Absolutely. But there's also the recognition and not in and not in a <clears throat> um not feeling futile in our minds. Exactly. Right? Um because we have that hope that we're moving in that direction, but we will never become Christ in our in our flesh suits. Mm. Right? And so Christ could speak the truth in love because he is God. He and God are one, and so God is love. So he is love. Mm -hmm. He is the word incarnate, right? In the mm -hmm. beginning was the word, and the word was with God, right? So all these God. things apply. So yes, Jesus got different results than we did. We don't confuse that with the verse, and you'll do greater things than I. Mm -hmm. He didn't mean that you'll be Christ. Not a replacement or a substitute, but we are his body, right? We're not yes. taking his place. We're not above our masters, how he articulated that in the Gospels. That's yes. The student is not above the teacher or their servant is not above the master. So, yeah. Right. But what you hit on, I think, and, and I like the verses that you're giving us there, but I think what, where Kamisha was going was what I was trying to do is that, you know, just in general, the Bible is never meant for us to take a piece of it out and say, I got the formula now. Now I can live as a Christian. Be quiet. Holy if I just follow, if I just follow this, if I just follow this formula, right? So, mm. if somebody says they're offended, if I just shut up, then I'm good because it says don't. No, that's not it. And no. it, <clears throat> if it says speak the truth in love, that means well, if I think I'm loving, I can just speak whatever. It's it is always being guided by the Holy Spirit. That's mm -hmm. why Jesus sent the Helper. Mm -hmm. You know, and so and we talk about a day of prayer and being guided by the Holy Spirit. And John and Kamisha, John, you talk about a quote. What is your quote that you always say? <laughs> We only seek to say what the Father says to say and do what the Father says to do. Yes. And mm -hmm. and do we always live that out? We don't always get it no, perfect. No, don't always get but, it perfect. But no, we, but that's, that's always a desire. God. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have um, charged you and Kamisha with some things about the ministry and specifically that, you know, there it is on people's hearts to give. Yes. And if they want to give, you should make it convenient for them to give and trust the Holy Spirit to speak to them the way that he has spoken to them and just become the vehicle for that to happen. But never do we ask for money in such a manner that we would want people to feel like they're somehow that we're compelling them to do that. Absolutely not. But I just uh, try to every, every, periodically remind people that if you want to give to this ministry, if the Holy spirit is calling you to give in whatever that looks like for you, whether it's monetary, whether it's in your physical presence here with us, whether it is in prayer, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. we encourage you to be obedient to the Holy Spirit in that. We encourage mm -hmm. you that this ministry help you be guided more by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we sincerely encourage you to give us feedback in that, whether it is or isn't doing that. But if it is financial support specifically, uh, please visit the website at adayofprayer.org. And there's lots of ways for you to give. You'll see the links there on the website. Find the way that works for you. We appreciate your support in that. If you want to reach out to the ministry for any other reason and you have a request that you need to bring to us or you have feedback or criticism or praise or anything at all, mm -hmm. you can always communicate by email at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. Mm -hmm. so. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. But absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. It's about just saying what the Lord says to say, doing what he says to do in all things. Yes, there are those that are going to be offended. Right? I mean, people can look to be offended, which is also mm -hmm. why Scripture tells us, be careful how you hear, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because we can, I mean, that you see a lot of that in, in the world today. Offense for any reason, for no reason, just to be offended. People look, have looked They make a business offended, out of it. Out of being offended. <laughs> I call it being a contrarian. 
Mm. I have a student in the class I'm teaching with plumbing that I just, I've just started calling him out on it. Are you being my contrarian tonight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just shut him down. So I'm wanting, there's no sense of engaging him. Like sometimes he'll ask a question and in the middle of my a- answering the question, he starts to ask another question just mm-hmm. to be just, he enjoys being contrary, stirring up division, stirring up mm. strife, trying to, to do right. things. So I've just started calling him out on it and it just shuts it down. Wow. Right. But, but and, and all these things, right? Jesus experienced all of this. He mm-hmm. talked about how people went to go spy out there. Well, Paul says it very plainly. They went to spy out our liberty. John says that in uh, first, second, and third John, right? They, there are wolves among us and all those other things. But Jesus talks about that himself. And they constantly came with questions, seeking to challenge him, to try to trap him in some way. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just answer the question. He got down to the core of the issue. He addressed that. Mm-hmm. And you see the results of that. It was almost a role reversal. They had to think, and they had to ponder, and it made them question themselves, right? And there was even instances, one in particular, where they had to confer amongst themselves and go, well, if we answer this way, he's going to say this. And if we answer this way, he's going to then say that. So they were trapped. They were in a checkmate, as it were. <laughs> and then they just abandoned the situation. But that's what the Lord does. He always gives us, uh, I'll say, the ability to win because he's already overcome so that's what i mean and we get to move from victory to victory in him yes and it doesn't mean though that we try to claim victory in a moment over a person not at all right because people can see it that way you know no no that's not what we're talking about we wrestle not against flesh and blood amen (laughs) jesus washed judas's feet too he did sure did he did i mean so this isn't about winning an argument with somebody. It isn't about getting a victory of somebody. It's, it's back to the same thing. My victory is, was I obedient to the Holy Spirit? Amen. Mm-hmm. And have I mm-hmm. cultured my relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit so that I hear clearly, especially mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't have to look up 27,000 different Bible verses and pray for an hour to feel like I'm being directed by the Holy Spirit, but I've cultivated mm-hmm. a relationship to the Holy Spirit speaking to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And direct Amen. Mm-hmm. And I want his direction. Amen. So, and, and one last point on, on this, right? Because we're looking at, at Christ and his ministry. At no point in time, with maybe one exception, and the one exception would be when he drove out the money changers from the temple. But in what we're talking about, uh, in the example you gave with wokeness and with offense and, and people just seeking to be offended, the way Christ handled it, he not once ever sought out to challenge anyone else they always approached him first if if we really examine scripture you will see that pattern they always went to him to challenge him he didn't and uh, of course he didn't storm the temple court exactly i want to call everybody out in their mess today right he didn't post videos on youtube and all this and call everybody else out and oh this is this is against the word that no 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 he made himself available, though, for those that wanted a discussion or a debate. But again, he didn't just debate the points that they had. He addressed the core of the issue. And he could do that because the Father revealed it to him through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we have the same Holy Spirit. When we welcome him into our life, when we start our relationship with Jesus, uh, the scripture says that they take their abode. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit become one with us and take their abode in us. 
And it's important for us to understand that as we're living, it's our due diligence to do our best to make ourselves available to hear from the Holy Spirit. It's our reasonable service of worship as we yield our our bodies as a living sacrifice. That also means taking the time to hear counsel from the Holy Spirit, knowing that it's available and believing it, not um, taking a shortcut or relieving ourselves of the duty we have to Christ and to walk circumspectly and in love towards those around us so that he is able to minister to us to deal wisely in the affairs of life and that we are not stepping outside of his commandment, his love commandment at any point in our lifetime. Yes, we have grace for the case that we might miss it, but we shouldn't be looking to purposely miss it and and not keep ourselves accountable to the, to the love of God and making sure we do everything we is that the Lord provides for us to do and accessing the grace that he's given us to do our best, not to do our worst and go, okay, Lord cover it, but to do our very best. And, let God be responsible for the outcome. You know, love, the love of God is not niceties. It's not pleasantries. It is love. And his love is truth. It's all of the things. So Jesus driving the, the money changers and the dove, the salesmen and all that out of the temple was love. Him speaking to the Pharisees was love. Him teaching the disciples was love. Him healing the sick was love. Him multiplying the fish and the loaves, love. Everything he did was sourced from love, and we too can walk in that, the love of God. I, I believe we, we read in chapter 13, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Walk in love is another way of saying that. <laughs> and don't give your flesh an opportunity to do otherwise. Bring everything into the captivity of Christ. Every thought, which would subsequently lead to an action, make it subject to the truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And be ready to punish all disobedience within yourself. Little, first, little, little first. not eating will help that flesh get in alignment really well. Get in alignment really well. You're acting up today? Okay. You don't need any food right now. Or if you tend to not want to eat, come on in here and sit down and have a meal and take communion before the Most High God. Get your flesh in alignment. Rain it in. Mm-hmm. So you can do the will of God and His good pleasure. Amen. Amen. Let's pause there for today. This is, there's a lot, lot to consider, lots to let the Holy Spirit minister to each of us. And um, with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you for your unending grace and mercy, Lord, and that there is new mercies for each day, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you that you give us the information and the plan so that way we don't have to constantly be using that grace, Lord, but that it's only every once in a while, Lord, as we walk and strive to follow you, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for preparing the way for us through our lives, Lord, and that you have given us both free choice, Lord, and have set out a path for us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store.
remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.